what a weekend of fights we've just had at UFC 269, and I'm going to get into it in a moment. But first, I'd like to say welcome to my brand new podcast. My name is Ryan, and I'll be doing fight predictions, fight breakdowns, and much more. I'll be putting out new episodes weekly. Enjoy. UFC 269 delivered. It was stacked. It had the star power. And, you know, it, we got more than what we expected, to be honest. Um, great card from start to finish. Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira was an absolute war. Like, the first round, it seemed like Dustin Poirier was going to rip Oliveira apart. It seemed like Oliveira wasn't going to be able to handle those uh, strikes for very long. He wasn't. He wasn't absorbing the power very well uh, from Poirier, um, but you know he he stayed composed. He stuck with his game plan and he got the job done. He managed to find the back of Dustin Poirier in the third round and he just rolled him to the finish. Just held on to that choke and you know before we knew it, Dustin was tapping and you know and he's still the lightweight champion of the world. And once again, Dustin Poirier unfortunately falls short of that uh, championship gold. You know, he's had the interim belt, but he's unfortunately fell short yet again. Uh, And to the same thing, too. Like, that's that's really got to hurt, you know. Uh, Big respect to Dustin Poirier. uh, Outstanding fighter. And, you know, many would think he'd be a champion. But, you know, Charles Oliveira was was the man that night. Um, What's next for Dustin... I feel like he's got to fight either the loser of the Charles and Gaethje fight, should it happen, or the winner or loser of Benil Dariush versus Islam Makachev, uh, should that fight happen, uh, which I believe it was announced. Um, soon we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Um, but, you know, he's, he's got to find his way back, or if he does def- decide to go up to Walter Waite, which I think would be a good move, you know, the lightweight cut might... Uh, Seems to be a little bit too much now. I think he's come out and said, uh, you know, he's he's kind of eyeing that Walter weight move because, you know, he's he's a, he's gotten way bigger since featherweight. You know, featherweight got uh, too much of a cut for him, so he moved up to lightweight, and now lightweight is too much of a cut for him because now he's weighing in at one eighty six on fight day. Um, you know, and that's that's just too much to cut, you know what I mean, um, now what's next for Charles, well, I'm pretty sure that's Gaethje, uh, if it's not, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty positive it's Gaethje, uh, Gaethje's approach, he's, he's got to do it, kind of what Dustin did the first round, but I feel like he's got to, he's got to definitely pick his shots a little more rather than running at Charles, you know what I mean, he's got to, He's got to watch out. Uh, if anything, he... Like, Gaethje cannot afford to get tangled up with Charles Oliveira. Whether it's in the clinch or on the ground, he cannot get grabbed by Charles Oliveira. Or else it is game over. You know what I mean? Like, it is just not good. Anywhere, in any type of... It's just not good to get in any kind of grappling situation with Charles because you know what's going to happen. Um, Gaethje just doesn't have the jiu-jitsu to be able to fight off Charles or to really create any offense of his own, I don't think. So 
he's got to he's got to follow what Dustin did and kind of improve off of that. Um, now, for Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena, that fight was it was a good scrap, but it, it was. It was so disappointing based off of just the skill level. It just, Juliana Pena just winding up in these wild paws. Like, they weren't, there was no real technique behind them, really. Um, and then Amanda Nunes just was not herself. I don't think 135 is the cut for her anymore. Um, you know, she's been out of that division for well over a year, maybe almost two, maybe even more. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a wild fight. It was an all right fight, good war, but just, there was zero skill. It was just swinging with these wild strikes that, you know, it just came down to whoever was hitting more, which seemed to be Juliana Pena. You know, she did stun her though, to begin with, which was good. She put the pressure on. Uh, like I expected her to, you know, the only way she was going to beat Nunes is if she put the pressure on, which nobody ever really did to Amanda, um, uh, in, in the time of her being champion. So, you know, and Nunes just wasn't herself at all. Um, but hats off to Juliana Pena though, uh, getting it done, getting on her, getting that sub. Um, it was just a shocking fight. Very odd, unexpected, but now we've got a new bantamweight champion of the world, and uh, it's about time that that division can move on, to be honest. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a fight for the championship down there. Um, so what's next for Nunes? I feel like it's it's either Holly Holm or Irene Aldana. Um, I feel like if they make that fight, I don't know if it's been announced, but as as of now, from what I've checked, has not been announced, and I feel like it should happen. Um, they both have kind of, they've both had wins in the top five, and they've both had losses in the top five uh, in their re most recent fights. They've both been kind of on the sidelines, um, mainly because of COVID, though. Um, but I feel like should that fight happen, Nunes fights the loser, and the winner fights Pena. Um so that's what I think's next for Nunez and what's next for Pena is is if that fight may, uh, gets made. Uh, Aspen Ladd isn't in any position, I don't think, after her losing to, to um, Norma Dumont. So it's got to be either Holly Holm or Irene Aldana. Um, now moving on to that flyweight fight. Um, Kai Kara France versus Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, he looked good at 125 on the well on the scale. Um, you know, he didn't look to, look as drained as T.J. Dillashaw was, but he ended up meeting the same fate. These bantamweight guys just can't handle the flyweights for some reason. Uh, people keep saying flyweight lacks that star power; they lack that big talent. And you know, I really am doubting that they lack anything. Um, I feel like that division is actually quite solid because, you know, look what they've been doing. Shutting down these bantamweight guys. Their champions have been moving up and taking out 
the bantamweight champion, you know, like Henry Cejudo. So, um, solid division. Uh, and hats off to Kai Kara France. That was actually kind of unexpected. Um, Cody Garbrandt looked like he was going to do good. And then he got clipped. He got smashed. Like, smashed. Kai Kara France's hands are ungodly at flyweight. Just outstanding. Uh, multiple knockdowns. Like, that was... You know, and Cody Garbrandt tried to tried to fight through. It looked like he might have almost recovered, and bink, you know, <laughs> um, it just wasn't Cody Garbrandt's night, and that's not his weight class, I don't think. Uh, what's next for Cody? I don't know if he can figure out how to cut weight more healthy, but I don't think flyweight is his weight class. I think he's got to stay down at one or stay up at one thirty-five. And I don't even know who he's going to fight up there uh, at this very point in time. Uh, he hasn't been, hasn't been the greatest lately. Um, but Kai Kara France, he's in that top five now, without a doubt. And I don't think he's getting the title shot right away. I feel like he's got another fight ahead of him. But he's very close. You know, another year, and I feel like he could be fighting for that gold. So... Good job on Kai, and uh, I'm looking forward to him going after that title because he's an outstanding fighter. Now on to Derek Lewis versus Chris Dawkins next weekend. That fight is intriguing to me. You know, Derek Lewis is such a character, and Chris Dawkins has um, recently exploded into that ranking scene, and he's already in the top 10. Um, you know, I see that fight being one of those... Whoever can, well, maybe it's one of those speed versus power fights. You know, it's whoever can implement their strength more. Um, Derek Lewis, if he can land his strikes, then it's his night. Chris Dawkins, if he can overwhelm Lewis and not get touched, uh, or, or at least not get demolished by one of those big hands that Derek Lewis throws... Um, then it, it could be his night. Um, but I, I see, I see Derek Lewis going beast mode. You know, after that gone fight, after, um, you know, the fit, being finished the way he was. You know, last time we saw him get finished was, uh, I believe it was Junior Dos Santos or Daniel Cormier when he fought for the title. Um, you know, and then he and then he put together a crazy um, streak of guys, just knocking them out. You know what I mean? Like Curtis Blades demolished him. You know what I mean? Um, and then there was Alexei Olenek, uh, Alexander Volkov, just demolishing these top guys. And you know, he can easily get back into that title picture if he beats Chris Dawkins. I mean, he's already in the title picture. I feel like he should be a backup for the Ngannou versus Gon fight. Um, but should he beat Christakis, he gets that title shot. Christakis, he could get the title shot after beating Derek Lewis, but, you know, kind of similar to the Kai Kara France situation, you know, you were just outside of the top five, you know, and you just entered. I feel like there'd be another fight before they fight for the title. Um, so if, if Lewis wins, I feel like he should fight the winner of Nganu and Gan, 
and Dawkus, he should either fight another guy in the top five or maybe, maybe fight the loser of Ngannou and Gan. Or if the UFC is feeling uh, a little extra, they can add Chris Dawkus in to fight uh, the winner of that fight. And Lewis after the loser, you know what I mean? Either way, entertaining fights all around, and uh, can't wait to see all of them. We've also got Stephen Thompson versus Bilal Muhammad uh, on the co-main. Um, Stephen Thompson, I feel like he'd be a lot quicker. Well, I mean, it's kind of obvious. He's going to be a lot quicker than Bilal Muhammad. Uh, Bilal's got to get real close, and he's got to explode and expend a lot of energy trying to get Stephen Thompson I feel like Stephen Thompson is going to do well with keeping the range, and I feel like he's going to get it done. I don't know about knockout or anything like that, but I feel like he's going to stay ahead of Bilal every step of the way. And uh, But it should be a great fight, nonetheless. Um, but I've got Stephen Thompson winning that one. Should Stephen Thompson win? Does it open him up for the title picture again? Maybe. But, you know, there's Leon Edwards, too. Uh, which, you know, unfortunately Masvidal pulled out of that fight. And I believe it was supposed to be just last weekend at UFC 269, which would have made the, the night even more incredible. But, you know, uh, unfortunate things happen. Uh, so hopefully we'll see what comes of that with the, the, the Edwards situation soon, as well as whatever happens with this Stephen and Bilal fight. Uh, should be entertaining. And I just can't wait for all of it. Absolutely incredible. That welterweight division is stacked, and you know one guy sits atop it and is dominating. You know what I mean? Usman. He could be everybody in that division, but there's also a lot of guys that are coming up. It's like, uh, can can Usman keep it up for that long? You know, there's Vicente Luque. There's a rematch with Gilbert Burns on the table. Uh, still, should Gilbert Burns get another win? Um, there's Leon Edwards still. Uh, Stephen Thompson. Will Usman be able to figure out Stephen Thompson like Woodley did? Who knows? Um, just an incredible weight class, though. Super excited. Um, now, since I am starting this podcast this week and not last week, I will be covering the Jose Aldo versus Rob fight as well. Um, because that fight was incredible. Uh, Jose Aldo, he seemed he seemed a little off. He wasn't, you know, this wasn't vintage Aldo. He wasn't throwing uh, quite as frequent as he used to. Um, you know, he still had those leg kicks. He still had the power from featherweight as well, though. That's one thing we saw a lot of. Rob Font and Jose Aldo, there's a huge pa- um, difference in power. Uh, every time Jose Aldo would land his one-two, it would stun Rob Font. While Rob Font could land big combos, and you know he barely affected Jose Aldo. Um, I mean, he, Jose Aldo didn't look the greatest, <laughs> but he wasn't really stunned or hurt by any of Rob Font's attacks. Um, and you know, I saw that fight going for Jose Aldo. Uh, be, even though he was down on the scorecards based off of, well, not the scorecards, but the stats uh, of, of the, the striking-wise, but he did get the two knockdowns. He also had incredible ground control, which is something we wouldn't 
think we would see from Jose Aldo is a lot of ground control. Um, you know, he's made himself to seem like the striker. Meanwhile, he's got this black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu that everybody just seems to brush under the rug. Like, oh, that doesn't matter. He doesn't use it. He doesn't use jiu-jitsu. Well, he certainly did against Rob Font. You know, he... Sure, he was behind on the amount of punches, but he made up for it in ground control. He looked fantastic on the ground. And that's something that I'm surprised that I've seen from Max Holloway, even. Max Holloway, also a guy who's made himself seem like a striker, he's also got a ground game, which we saw in the Air Rodriguez fight. Uh, you know, just outstanding that we can see the true. Uh, skill set of these guys, you know, after they've been around for so long, and yet we still only scratch the surface of what they can actually do. Uh, it's just fascinating to me. Uh, you know, these guys are just absolute legends. You know, Jose Aldo, what's next for him? You know, maybe that TJ Dillashaw fight. You know, he made the call out, and I feel like he should get it. You know, that'd be an insane fight to watch. Um, and what's next for Rob Font? You know, maybe another guy in the top five, or maybe a guy just outside coming in. You know, um, he's gotta he's gotta work hard. He's gotta get back in there, but uh, the heart on him is insane. Like, uh, you know, heart of a lion with Rob Font. Like that fight was close to being stopped a couple times, and uh, he stuck through it and made it to the end. So hats off to him. Um, but yeah, incredible fight. And an all-around great show of mixed martial arts. And that'll be all. Thank you for listening to my very first episode. I'm looking forward to talking with you next week and beyond. Bless up.